Tonight, celebrities are cut off from the outside world and they have to figure out what's fake news from real news. Right here on Game Shows, I suppose. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Niche Podcast about the one thing that I know something about, game shows, I suppose. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. We have a fantastic episode today. Chris Lane is returning yet again to talk about the bubble, the panel game show about the news. But before we get to that news, we got to get through this news. Today's top story, Black Lives Matter. Not kidding. It's not a joke. Like, it's the big global news story. It's America's news story right now. And in the world of game shows, it's pretty much dominating the headlines as well. Depending on uh, which uh, game show host you look at, you'll be hearing a lot of sides in regards to the Black Lives Matter movement. From Chuck Woolery, which we will not bring up, to people like Steve Harvey, who is trying to combat racism by retweeting and sharing uh, voices to combat uh, racism in this country. People like Wayne Brady and Tiffany Coyne from Let's Make a Deal have made a mission to uh, speak up uh, for all of the problems going on in this country in regards to advocate for black voices at the moment. Uh Drew is retweeting any news articles about the obsessive force of the police in this country. And it, it, it's still not enough. No amount of black squares on Instagram for the blackout on Tuesday is going to fix anything. There needs to be strong changes. And it, it's a long, long road ahead. Uh, and then you get people like Terry Crews talking about black supremacy being a problem. And... I don't know what the fuck. I real it's like it's one thing when it's clearly that there's obsessive police force and clearly there is prejudice still in this country and it's going to take decades to repair. Putting a a thing like Black Lives Matter Plaza in DC, I mean, that's a good show of solidarity, but what's going to happen in like 1 year, 2 years time? When you're going to hear in the news that an unarmed black teen gets shot on Black Lives Matter Plaza in D.C. Because that's going to happen. There needs to be changes and it needs to be big and strong. And no amount of kneeling just to show solidarity or brand sites saying, yeah, we now agree Black Lives Matter or taking the knee for eight minutes is going to fix it. You need to make stronger changes. These protests are valid. And these are voices of a lot of people, multi-generational, mind you. These are people who have fought for civil rights with Martin Luther King to people who have 
seen the devastation in Ferguson. People who lived in the Watts riots. And this is going to continue. This is still going to be something that needs to be reminded day in and day out. And it's still a problem in not just like police forces and defund the police and obsessive bail in the prison systems and a huge pipeline of slave labor that comes from the prison system. There, there's so many changes that needs to be made. And I, I know we really want to make this like this political soapbox. I, I know people are going to say, well, vote Biden, get rid of Trump. But even with Biden, if Biden wins it, like you're still going to need to yell at Joe Biden <laughs> to fix this because this is going to take a lot of work. And I can only foresee this being 30, 40, 50 years, if ever. And it needs to be done now. It just needs to be done now and... Sometimes I lose hope. As much as I love seeing the protests, as much as I love seeing speeches and finally people speaking up, I it, there needs to be so much more. The reason I wanted to bring this up now is because there's a lot of news stories involving Black Lives Matter in the news. For starters, uh, Jedi Temple Challenge, Ahmed Bess's show, which was slated June 3rd, is delayed for tomorrow. That's because Ahmed Best, his executive producer, made the call to postpone its uh, its premiere because the Black Lives Matter protests are more important uh, as it as it is. Uh, so we are seeing uh, lots of changes in the world of the entertainment industry as well. Uh, and, and people are pretty much now stuck in a, no, Black Lives Matter, you have to really make a right stand here. It's really sad to say you have to be further than Mitt Romney now. Mitt Romney did the bare minimum. <laughs> Can you be uh, more progressive than Mitt Romney right now? And some people are really tripping over the very, very low hurdle. Uh, how much so? Well, Lifetime has canceled Abby Lee Miller's reality show after racism accusations. Uh, as you have heard here in the show before, we were going to have Abby's virtual dance-off, the Zoom call dance show for Lifetime, with the Dance Moms contestant Adriana Smith uh, being one of the judges on the show. Billed as the 12-demic pandemic-friendly dance mob spinoff, where a professional choreographer would feature dancers from around the country's mid-videos, Abby's virtual dance-off was previously expected to air this summer, but Miller won't be returning to Dance Moms if the show is renewed for a season 9. Miller posted a Blackout Tuesday square on Instagram to show solidarity with protesters of racism and police brutality. But then Smith, whose daughter Cameron had competed on Dance Mom Season 8 last year, responded with her own post. Don't act like you care, she wrote, adding, I couldn't think of a more perfect day to address my experience with Abby Lee Miller. Want to know the truth? Want to know my truth? A statement from her that sticks in my mind to this day during my time on Dance Mom Season 8 is, I know you grew up in the hood with only a box of eight crayons, but I grew up in the country club with a box of 64. 
Don't be stupid. This to me shows that you think you are better than me and in higher rank and altogether superior to me. This to me shows that you don't give a fuck about me or where I came from. Actually, he, uh, she did the little line, line, line for fuck, but I know the word is fuck, lady. I'm going to say it for you. Uh, it continues in a, uh, this is from Entertainment Weekly, a link to her Instagram profile story. This uh, recently posted on my Facebook that racism is not something we can disagree on and still be friends, which in turn is why we are not friends. A statement from her that sticks in my mind to this day during her time, my time on Dance, uh, Dance Mom Season 8 is, I know you grew up in the hood with only a box of eight crayons, but I grew up in a country club of box of 64. Don't be stupid. This, my friends, is not something or a statement that can be Googled. Ask yourself, what does that mean? This to me shows that you think you are better than me and a higher rank and altogether superior to me. This to me shows that you don't give a fuck about me or where I came from. Oh yeah, you don't like the F word huh well guess what i don't give a fuck <laughs> damn i didn't then and i certainly don't now do you remember when you told me do you want me to tell you why you're really here lol as if i didn't know again showing your superiority let me remind you you said in case you forgot you told me to look in the mirror that's the re only reason you are here cam told me she heard they need a sprinkle of color angry emoji Poor baby. My last interview, I was asked by my producer, so how did that, how did all of that make you feel? As tears stream down my face, I look over at my seven-year-old and back at the camera and say, this is my everyday life as a black woman. This is nothing new to me, but what I'm not going to have happen is have this racist person have any part of my daughter's life as of this moment. My producer said, I needed you to be okay with leaving. I said, absolutely. Cam was so upset with me. She yelled at me and said, Mom, now I don't even get to hang out with JoJo on the show. And I don't want to leave my friends. She said, Mom, you ruined it. You ruined it for me. Of course she was mad. She was seven and I felt so bad for her. At that moment, I knew that it was more important for me to show my daughter that she has to stand up for what's right and not care about anything else. But in that interview, my little seven-year-old cried like a grown black woman and stood up and said, Mom, I understand it's not right, and I want to go home too. People need to be held accountable, not just for the injustices, but also for being a closet racist. Producers only have so much control over what a person says. Anything outside of that is free will. Today, I'm tired of being silent because of a contract. I'm choosing to be the voice of my family and others and you can be the voice for yours and your friends too and then there's a photo with her and her uh daughter and it's a box of crayons and a big old smug smile which i love so much that's the kind of stuff that goes hell yeah <laughs> smith also noted her daughter overheard miller saying the only reason cameron was here was for a sprinkle of color as a result smith said she pulled her her daughter out of the show due to miller's behavior people need to be held accountable not just for the injustices but also for being a closet racist. She wrote, this is nothing new to me, but what I'm not going to have happen is have a racist person have any part of my daughter's life. On Thursday, Miller apologized to Smith and her daughter. I genuinely understand and deeply regret how my words have affected and hurt those around me in the past, particularly those in the black community. She wrote, to Cameron, Adrian, anyone else I've heard, I'm truly sorry. I realize that racism cannot just come from hate, but also from ignorance. No matter the cause, it's harmful, and it's my fault. While I cannot change the past or remove the harm I have done, I promise to educate myself, learn, grow, and do better. While I hope to one day earn your forgiveness, I recognize the words alone are enough. I understand it takes time and genuine change. To point this out, this was last season so it was less than a year ago uh 
Smith then replied to a statement in EW that she did not accept Abby's apology because her apology was not sincere. At this point, this is bigger than me and Cameron. It's about the potential effect that she has on the future of dance and negative stereotypical influences on young aspiring dancers of color. I firmly believe that if Abby was truly sorry, she would have apologized a year ago when she exposed my then seven-year-old daughter to her first account of racism. Another dance mom's parent, Camille Bridges, has also called out Miller, telling E! News that she felt her daughter Cameron was likely mistreated due to her race. Abby tried to spin Cameron as being uh, the poor one and they're on scholarship. I shut that down immediately, Bridges claimed. She loves appropriating our culture and never appreciating it. She did not give black choreographers on the show acknowledgement of their work. She continuously put Cameron in afros. It was a traumatic experience that I wish on no one. Read many more details about the claims by Smith and Bridges, along with Miller's full response. Uh, then there's links uh, on the Entertainment Weekly website to donate charities such as Campaign Zero, Color of Change, and Equal Justice Initiative. So, just so we're clear here, Abby Lee Miller is fired from Dance Moms because of a lot of comments said from moms and their daughters in regards to racism that happened less than a year ago. That's how messed up this really is. Uh, good for Lifetime for ending the show before he gets to it but no word yet on dance moms the main they show because miller's also associated with that although it does say that she's fired from the show no word on what's the new changes coming up after miller's uh, termination speaking of racist people getting fired the challenge on mtv uh fired their cast member d uh, win over black lives matter comments because uh, the current season of MTV's Rally Competition Series Challenge will be going forward without cast member D. Wynn following insensitive comments she may have of Black Lives Matter movement and the killing of George Floyd. As a result of D. Wynn's offensive comments about the Black Lives Matter movement, MTV and Bunham Murray have severed ties with her. But MTV and Bunham Murray said in a joint statement, Out of respect for the competition and other challengers, MTV will air the season as planned. D. Wynn will not appear in the reunion to be filmed at a later date. MTV and Bunham Murray strongly condemn systemic racism and stand with those raising their voices against injustice. In sense deleted tweets, Wynn wrote, IDK, why some of you think I'm anti-BLM? I've been saying that since the day I lost my virginity. What the fuck? She also commented on Instagram posts about Floyd, writing that people die every effing cane day. As reported by Us Weekly, when issued an apology Tuesday on Instagram, the last 24 hours have made me realize what is important, and that is forgiveness, she wrote. I would like to offer my sincerest apology to my colleagues to whom I have hurt directly and indirectly due to my insensitive remarks. Let me be clear. I am a POC that cares about BLM. I believe in this moment of movement and i'm stepping away from social media to focus on my well-being and mental health. This is not a goodbye. It's a I will see you again. When joined the Challenge franchise in 2019 in the War of the Worlds, she went on to compete in World War II, and most recently in Total Madness, she appeared in the British reality series Geordie Shore. Uh, Challenge MTV left a tweet today, uh, June 8th. As a result of D. Wynn's offensive comments on the Black Lives Matters movement, we have severed ties with her out of respect to our challengers. We'll air our season as planned. We strongly condemn systemic racism and stand with those raising their voices against injustice. Uh, then a screenshot of their Instagram post uh, from June 9th at 12.27 a.m. Last time, first time I realized it was important in forgiveness and a heart emoji. Well, um. 
anyway, I mean, could be worse. Think about those people in Bristol. They just moved the uh, the statue of Edward Colston into the harbor. And then there's still like a few people like, no, we need to salvage the slave trader statue. We need to save it. It's no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, so a few terminations here and there. Just the bare minimum is just saying black lives matter and showing that you care about black lives. It's the bare fucking minimum. It is kind of a uh, real uh, sucky that, that people still can't do the bare fucking minimum. Anyway, because of all the protesting going on, uh, there's a lot of people getting arrested because they're protesting Black Lives Matter. Uh, and police, once again, are overstepping their bounds for the reason of because they can. They're the police. So I want to take this time before we get to the other side of the news story. I want to take this time before we get to the silly news to talk about the Bail Project at bailproject.org, where there is this donation page for you to send money to help people uh, achieve bail for protesting Black Lives Matter uh, and justice for George Floyd. Among other things, because a lot of these, if you can see the protests, it's not just like George Floyd. George Floyd was just the one that's vividly on camera. We also had Brianna Taylor, and there's not just Brianna and George Floyd. Because if you ever see any interviews with a lot of these protesters, it's not just them. It's people in their own families, people that they've known their entire life that has suffered one way or another in the hands of police. Rather, it's a teacher. Rather, it's their next-door neighbor. Rather, it's even their best friend in high school. That this is not just like now. This was constant. And I think this fine, This is one of those straw that broke the camel's back situations. And I'm glad that people are speaking up now. And I hope it continues further on. Which is why places like the Bill Project is very crucial. Uh, recommend people donate to the Bill Project. Uh, it is a 501c3 nonprofit, so every little bit helps. Uh, BlackLivesMatter.com also has a donation link. It goes to an Act Blue page. Feel free to throw money that way too. Uh, recently, I know that people here are fans of K-pop, so the BTS Army donated a million dollars to Black Lives Matter. Uh, and their army matched it as well. So $2 million, keep it up. And even and even John Cena is donating $1 million for the effort. So while those are good things, and yes, you can always link the John Oliver uh, video about defunding police, I want to focus right now on Black Lives Matter donations and bail project donations because, yes, you're hearing the news about million-dollar donations by BTS, even John Cena throwing a million bucks. But I, I think just because you're seeing million dollars thrown here, million dollars thrown there, doesn't mean you should just like stop and just not bother donating anymore. I think just a dollar or five dollars, every little bit helps. So spread the word, uh, donate as much as you, you would feel like, and just keep sharing the link. And if you want to go directly to Minnesota, the Minnesota Freedom Fund is also there as well. Now let's get to the, uh, the silly parts, because uh, as you know, COVID-19 is still a thing. I, It's still a deadly virus that could still eat away 
at your immune system, leaving you with pneumonia-like symptoms to the point of death. It's still a deadly, deadly virus. Anyway, Next in Fashion got canceled by Netflix after one season. Netflix canceled their competition series Next in Fashion after one season. Tan France and Alexa Chung, Next in Fashion, featured 18 designers that faced off trying to take home a quarter million dollar top prize. And the opportunity to be their collection with Net a Porter. I know there's like a lot of dance designer shows like Project Runway, for instance. Um, but this came at the same time, I believe, as Making the Cut, which is the Amazon show with Tim Gunn and Heidi Klum. It, so, I mean, I watched Making the Cut with Heidi Klum and Tim Gunn, and it kind of was cool because the way they did it was like a almost like Amazing Race. Like it was different locations and they were big fashion cities. I'm trying to figure out, was it just because of budget? Was it because it felt like synergy because Tan France is on Netflix's Queer Eye and it really wasn't so much about fashion? Was it their attempt to do a Project Runway show? I'm trying to figure out what was the causes for eliminating the one-season show. Um, oh, well. Uh, next, we go to Turner News. Jason Sudeikis hosts TBS's new comedy competition, Tournament of Laughs. The series, due Sunday, June 21st, will present 32 comedians facing off in a hilarious single-elimination bracket-style tournament with each episode featuring multiple mashups. From the Innovative Home Studio, Sudeikis gives color commentary and orchestrates the competition between 32 comedians who face off in a bracket-style competition. TBS is serving up the ultimate comedic matchup with seven-episode green light for Tournament of Laughs, set to premiere on June 21st at 10 p.m. Eastern Pacific, hosted by Jason Sudeikis from We're the Millers and Saturday Night Live. The series will present 32 comedians facing off in a hilarious single-elimination-style bracket, with each episode featuring multiple matchups. The comics go head-to-head virtually to out-funny one another, with Sudeikis acting as the master of ceremonies and providing color commentary. We may be without some of our favorite sports right now, but we still partake in some fierce rivalries, said Bright Rides. Uh, general manager of TNT, TBS, and True TV. These comics promise to bring the funny each week, but the audience will get to decide who gets the last laugh. God, fuck you, fuck you, fuck off. Featured comedians include Jeffrey Ross, Margaret Cho, Gilbert Godfrey, Judah Friedlander, Michael Rappaport, Jim Norton, Fortune Feimster, Triumph the Insul Comic Dog, Natasha Leggero, Cameron Esposito, Godfrey, the Sklar Brothers, Mary Lynn, uh, I can never pronounce your last name, I apologize, uh, J- uh, Josh Wolf, Clayton English, uh, oh, that's, that's uh, Micah Sanders, uh, Gina Yester, Tim Dillon, Moshe Kashner, wow, uh, Jessica Kirshen, Paul Rodriguez, hey, Paul Rodriguez, what's up, buddy? Uh, Sarah Tiana, Matteo Lane, Beth Stelling, Vladimir Kamano, um, Ian Edwards, Ida Rodriguez, Megan Galley, Preacher Lawson, Piff the Magic Dragon, and an additional two performers to come. Can you say Howie Mandel? Probably not, um, but considering the lineup howie maybe Patton oswald uh each week the comics will create produce sell film and star in their own videos from stand-up sets to song parodies and everything in between oh congratulations to randy rainbow 
after the episode has aired, the home audience will decide who moves forward via phone and online voting with the winning comics returning for the next round. The final episode will feature an expert comedy panel charged with crowning a winner in the championship matchup for the last laugh and bragging rights as tournament champion. In addition, a charitable donation will be made to the United Nations Foundation's COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund and Black Lives Matter. So it's it's double charity. Okay. Terminal Laugh is produced by Jay and Tony Show with Jay Broomfield, Tony Marsh, and Pip Wells serving as executive producers. Wells also serves as showrunner. Okay. I think that's okay. That's That just seems like... Um, that seems like an interesting format. I'm not going to like throw it under the bus i'm trying to just picture what it would look like and it can go a whole lot of different ways because you're telling me tournament bracket where it's com comedians doing videos that are funny all i can imagine is a whole lot of portrait mode videos from people's phones as they try to emulate tiktoks they recently saw so this this sounds pretty okay uh I kind of the problem I have with tournament laughs not 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 to be like a critic of comedy because I feel like me already butchering up a few names already makes me like or automatically like disqualified in this. But a lot of the people they have listed are stand-up comedians, and the problem is speaking as someone who loves stand-up comedy. Most stand-up comedians uh, do well because they get to work with a crowd. A lot of it's crowd work. Like almost that's like eighty percent of a set is working with the crowd, gauging the crowd when they laugh, when they don't laugh. That for a lot of stand-up comedians that are listed here, it's going to be really tough because they have to figure out what is funny in their head when there's really no audience. The only audience they have currently is whoever says like on their tweets, and that's not really like saying much. That's saying a I saw it and I approve or disapprove. I just want to get back to it later. That it, this is kind of going to be weird in in a way where it's like I know this is like trying to be like something to probably promote stand up comedy as well and funny people, but I I don't know. I really don't know if it this because something tells me when you're doing because when you're doing stand up comedy, there's also beat moments when you're trying to do a beat in a joke. So you can emphasize the punchline that it's also going to be tough to do it on video that all I can see is half those people doing their own standup sets or uh, trying their best to do funny comedy acting and just sucking ass at it to which I hope Jason Stakis just makes fun of it. But none of these people are like improvers. So I don't know this. This to me is like the, the thing that's, that's throwing me off. Because it's like, I could see this working, but it's also like the most zero effort show imaginable <laughs> as well. That <laughs> It's might as well have just been podcast with Jason Sudeikis. Um, also, if you thought one celebrity talent show involving videos wasn't enough, wait to hear what TBS does as they announce stars to a talent competition series, Celebrity Show Off. Mayan Bialik. Based on the Korean show My Little Television, the 10-episode remote series will turn TV and social media on their heads by transforming the variety format into an innovative experiment. Featuring Diplo, Ja Rule, Action Bronson, Gabby Butler, Dwight Howard, Travis Nell, <laughs> Nene Leakes, and Jason Mraz, Kevin Smith. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> 
like I keep listing Tori Spelling, Bella Thorne, and Rumor Scout to Lil Willis, and more surprise. I just think that's funny. We go from like you know, we 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 go from Action Bronson and Dwight Howard, like big, like Dwight Howard is like still at the peak of his NBA career. Ja Rule, who is like one of the biggest like people in the rap game. It's Kevin Smith. <laughs> So, uh, TBS has announced Celebrity Show-Off, a unique talent competition series hosted by Ian Balak from The Big Bang Theory. She is the neuroscientist who actually has, like, a degree, uh, like, an actual PhD. It's her, that, that lady. Premiering June 23rd on uh, TBS, based on the popular TV show My Little Television, and from executive producer of The Masked Singer, the 10-episode remote series will turn TV and social media on their heads by transforming the variety format into an innovative experiment. Each week, celebrities will be given the opportunity to see who can produce the most compelling content from the comfort of their own homes. Talent confirmed for the showcase include, and we already listed the list, um, wait till you see what this cast has pulled off, said Corey Henson, EVP and head of unscripted programming for TBS, TNT, and True TV. From sharing never-before-seen talents to performing crazy stunts or even bringing on special guests, the celeb shows are creatively ambitious with DIY charm since our cast are all working with the limitations of what they've got available at home. After discovering the Masked Singer and bringing it to American audiences, I have been on the lookout for an interesting and innovative Korean format. Celebrity Show Off is exactly that, a fresh, fun series unlike anything else on television, said executive producer Craig Plestis. It's a cutting-edge take on celebrity competition that will allow viewers to see their favorite stars in completely new ways and put a smile on the faces of these trying times. So, let me get this straight. The popular Korean format, and we didn't decide to do Running Man. We didn't decide to, you know, American Busted, American Great Escape, The Genius Game. This is the one? Okay. Okay, fine. You know, you know, you do you. <clears throat> We've all seen shows where stars are produced to dance or sing or compete. This isn't that. These celebrities are raw and unfiltered, and no one knows what they'll do next, said executive producer Tom Foreman. That means making the show is the most challenging thing ever, and watching is pure joy. What? In every episode of this, uh, this of-the-moment variety show, five celebrities from the world of sports, music, comedy, TV, and film will face off by creating quirky self-shot content that premieres online. The celebrity's goal is to attract and engage the most online viewers to keep their digital shows on the air. Fucking Channel 101. This is just the fucking Celebrity Channel 101 show. This is fucking... Is, why don't you fucking just call Dane Harmon? Fucking call Dane Harmon, then. This, you're just doing Channel 101, but... Okay. And avoiding the channel that goes dark, digital shows will debut on TBS's YouTube channel on June 24th, the day after the premiere episode, and will be scored by total views, view duration, and engagement. Fucking. This show. Fuck. Each week, the stars will come together in an innovative high tech virtual studio where they will screen and react to each other's content and find out who will remain in the competition and in an innovative twist the lowest performing celebrity will be replaced with a brand new surprise celebrity newcomer adding a new layer of thrills as everyone vies for the largest internet following the celebrities that's what they want the internet following it's not like they already have it the longer a celebrity stays in the competition, the more money they raise for their charity, with the last star on air earning an extra donation for their cause, because that's how we do. 
at least the comedy show it kind of makes sense to me it just seems like very bland be funny that's the show what the fuck is this like this is just like what if we did the korean format where do something silly for cameras and then we make fun of you is just what if we did channel 101 the star-studded cast of every show of combined total five grand oh they're doing the mass singer thing five grammys 14 nominations one diamond record 60 platinum records 70 gold record they appeared 150 shows and 30 films 30 awards people's choice and teen choice uh, between them and one Super Bowl championship, four honorary degrees, a street named after them, a star on the Walk of Fame, 46 pets, and 20 snakes. <sighs> so, Bindi, congratulations. Celebrity Show Off is based on the Korean format from Manhua Broadcasting Corporation and executive produced by Craig Plestis for Smart Dog Media. This series produced by Critical Content. Uh, here's why I, I don't like this show. Because it's celebrity show off, and if I remember the the TV show, it's kind of more up and coming comedians doing that show. If I remember one, because I've seen uh, the that show, I have seen uh, the the My Little Television. My Little Television is more like a comedy show. It's more it's more in tune for the Jason Sudeikis thing than celebrity show off. And it's not really played for a cash prize because it's not because that's not a game show. That's a variety show. This is a fucking game show. You have now made something. You've now made my life a living hell. I have to eventually cover this damn show. What the fuck, TBS? I have to fucking review this damn show. Um, because uh, my little television is supposed to be like the up and coming comedians do funny skits, and then the best skits deemed by the audience on the show stay on the show and then one new one gets replaced and the rotation continues i think that was what the format is for my little television i don't know what the hell this is this is kind of like well what if we did that but mass singerify it by making it over the top but all this is going to do is like i this is just like give us engagement the way this show would work is if you made this like internet celebrities and you put them on television. So you had like Liza Koshy up against like Smosh or uh who's that lady that's uh that does like the those baking videos. Like one like someone like that. That's how you would make the show work, I think. Because if the whole focus is online, why do we need to see what like Dwight Howard does? We already know he's a famous basketball player. Is he going to dance for us? Is he going to uh, do do some some cool trick shots? Like like th- that's all we can think of, and it's like that that's that doesn't sound like engaging television. Plus, if the focus is these are the sh- these videos are on the online, and that's what matters, it's not really emphasizing the demand, which is the point of a TV show, a TV show for you to watch it on tbs.com other than so you can see the funny banter is the funny banter worth seeing the celebrities doing the thing it's one over the other and it's not i don't know i i think this show is is set to fail like like it doesn't sing it it seems interesting like i will watch it but at the same time this feels a little over a little too americanized this feels like uh i get charity charity and charity but it's like 
I think this works best if you were looking for the next movie like producers, the next comedy writers, the next uh, comedians of our time. This would have worked if the focus was the new talent. You're showing us old talent, and all that's going to do is remind people there are no new talent out there there's no real new comedians there is no new comedy actors if they are where did they come from but like some sitcom as a bit part or on snl like so where did they come from are they ucb actors are they from the second city which both of which are kind of in the hot water right now that i don't know just no I don't I I will watch it. I hope it's not like what I think. I have been wrong before, but uh, I I I want to know what Ja Rule does. That's all I want to do. It's like, what would if you said, "Hey Ja Rule, you have 3 minutes to do something cool." I'm sure he'll come up with something cool. Uh leaving us to our final piece of news of the day. Big Brother Eyes Second All-Stars Edition for Season 22. This is from TVLine.com. Big Brother's long-awaited second All-Star season might finally be in the works. CBS is rumored to be in the talks of former players for an All-Star season to commemorate the series' 20th anniversary. According to Us Weekly, negotiations are said to be underway with several past winners and other fan-favorite house guests. Well, the series has already brought it back. This will be the first Holy Fledge All-Star series since Mike Boogie's Season 7 victory in 2006. If it goes according to plan, Season 22 would battle later this summer due to production delays stemming from the coronavirus pandemic. Previous seasons have premiered in late June or early July. Players would also need to be sequestered longer than usual, a full 14-day quarantine prior to the season's start date to ensure that all participants are healthy and COVID-free. It may... CBS Entertainment President Kelly Call was optimistic about the return of uh, Big Brother and Love Island. It could be a little later than usual, but we're still pretty optimistic about letting those on. Look, I I like Big Brother. It like that's the summer show on CBS. Like it, it, that's what they usually air. It's not on right now. Usually, we would be seeing like the uh, hey, come on, check out the Big Brother house. You don't know what Julie Chen's going to be up to. But right now, I I still don't know if this is a good time to do it. I I still have to point out here, Big Brother Canada got canceled. Big Brother Australia is starting, I think, next week. This this still doesn't feel like a good time to do the Big Brother show. Or is it? Because quarantine. Because you're watching stuff and it's easy content. I don't know. But while everyone's focused on the house guests... Because I think that's the whole th- idea. It's like everyone's like focused on the house. Well, they'll be safe. They're in the home. I don't care much for the house guests. I'm pretty sure they'll be safe. I got to care for the crew. The people in the camera roles, uh, the people who are working in the art department, the people who are working in competition, the sound department, the producers in the uh, who are in the uh, studio, the people who are working in the control room. Uh, the people who are in the story department, the editing teams, the people who are in the diary room asking the questions. Those are the people I worry about with this coming back. Are they all going to have to be in quarantine? Are they going to follow the same protocol or is something completely different? I don't know. What's going to happen if someone in the prop department uh, contracts COVID sometime during production and sneezes on a prop during a competition? 
where it's like a, oh, you face planted into this goop and the goop got sneezed on or someone accidentally like spit in there. Like, like what's going to happen? Like, I, I, I know there, there's going to be safety in numbers if they do this, but I'm a little hesitant. If I was like a Big Brother contestant, like from the past, and I got the call, hey, would you like to do Big Brother this season? I mean, immediately probably yes, because you're famous for being the Big Brother contestant. But at the same time, I would be nervous because I don't know if my safety is more important than the $500,000 cash prize in this. Plus, what if they cancel the season? What if this happened? What if that? It, there's a whole lot of questions in regards to a Big Brother production. And while I'm glad there's thoughts of game shows going back into production and Big Brother being one of them, I, I'm still so hesitant about the safety of the show, not just because of the house guests, but everyone else. What if Julie gets it? What Are they going to maintain social distancing uh, when they do the exit interviews? Is there going to be an audience? Are they going to go back to the, uh, the weird garden gnome thing and the outside sofa? What's going to happen? I do not know, and I can only assume some stuff will happen, some changes will be made, or nothing's going to change and everything's going to look the same. It's one or the other, and I this is, uh, don't know. Because all this is giving me back is flashbacks to 2016, and when they did the over-the-top season, and they were like, for a quarter million dollars, and they did the election, and Donald Trump won, and that just made the house just freeze, we are in 2020 where there's an election year, and I think the same is going to happen. But I'm not sure. I, I, some something's, something's acting up. It is still uh, the guilty pleasure show for so many people. One of my favorite reality shows. So I mean, like, on one hand, yay. At the other hand, this is dangerous. I don't know. Um, but speaking of putting people in isolation and cut off from the outside world, I think we should start today's episode. Take three celebrities. Send them off to a remote house in the country. Then seal them in. With no computers, TVs, newspapers or mobile phones, they'll be completely cut off from the outside world. So how will they know what's been going on while they've been in the bubble? Have you ever noticed that like the news has been getting so weird that sometimes you can't really tell fact from fiction sometimes? Like some things you see and you're like, that's an onion headline, and then you go, Oh no, that's the New York Times. Well, there was a game show that was pretty much that in general, and it was uh, a little experiment that happened on the BBC a few years back, hosted by David Mitchell from Peep Show. We've already talked about David Mitchell before on the Would I Lie to You episode. But this is kind of different because this was kind of like a weird quiz show that's not trying to be like, have I got news for you or wait, wait, don't tell me, but rather which of these is real from fake and they are all plausible because they're all weird. So we're going to take the time to talk about this strange format where comedians and actors are held in isolation for a few days and then brought out to a studio to answer questions about the week's news. We're bringing back Chris Lane to this to talk about it. Now let's turn the table.
with me on the line, friend of the show, returning champion, uh, person who pretty much called his shot last week or last episode, uh, Grisling. Welcome back. <laughs> Hello, everybody. How y'all doing tonight? If we this has been a long night for me, but uh, the audience doesn't know why, <laughs> unless they look back like a month ago. Uh, this is uh, this is an interesting episode, Chris. Last time you were here, I we casually were... I had happened to casually mention since you've been gone. Since you've been gone, you... a Fox special hosted by Tom Hamburgers himself, Tom Bergeron, uh, and. And said, "Well, that's kind of like the bubble." And, and I was like, said, "What is the bubble? What the hell was that?" And then yeah. you introduced me to it, and it was an absolute delight. It was a lot of fun. Uh, I'm I'm getting word from Mike Klaus. Uh, can I come on the show? Yes, Mike, you can stop by. Stop asking. Please just send a chat log with what show you want to talk about. Uh, be sure to. Listen to that was a, it was a thing on television. Anyway, uh, so the bubble is a it's 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 a it's a panel game show because it's the UK. Uh, and you know the UK they love their little uh, panel game shows. Uh, recently, I've been uh, watching listening to the uh, anecdote to panel games. I'm sorry, having a clue, and then I realized. You know what the- Britain just does them so well. I mean, you can't beat it. They really do panel shows well. They do, uh, and the and usually a lot of their when you do a panel show, it's you get comedians and then they have like a little quiz, and then here's the answer. Like that's a very fun information way way to get information. So things like uh, have I got news for you, which is a news show. Uh, we recently talked about uh, we we talked. Uh, with uh, with other shows, we we uh, I'm trying a blank out like new. No, we did. Uh, 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 if I remember correctly, we we did a couple recently. I, I'm drawing a blank because it's only because it's like I'm like trying to think of what came out, what didn't come out so far. Uh, <laughs> so so we we did what I lie to you. I remember vividly what I lie to you. I'm not. Should I? Uh, I think we we. Uh, we we did uh no Shalong no it's not one uh we we did uh, another what was the other one oh uh, big fat quiz of the year that's the one <laughs> I was trying a blank on big fat quiz <laughs> uh the, the you know the very first thing we did this year <laughs> I feel so sorry sorry Rock <laughs> uh, times up uh times up all right um dilemma we, we panel game shows are uniquely British institution. Where the concept is you process information through comedians, and that's a big distinct genre of television uh, and radio. So for me, when it comes to the dissecting what is and isn't a game show, I have to go based on a criteria of scoring. Is there a winner? So whose line is in any way is technically a game show, even though the points do not matter. Right. You know, and that's a difficult thing when it comes to panel shows. You know, it's like, where does where is that line drawn and when is it crossed? Uh, so, so I, I wish I could say, I'm sorry, having a clue isn't, is a game show. It's, it's kind of, cause there's little games played and it's all for laughs. So it's like right on the boundary line. Like that's the most, uh, like subjective answer. 
uh, and 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 that's why we decided in a future episode we'll bring the lovely Samantha over to talk more about her show. Um, <clears throat> and uh, we, it, it's such a fascinating format. Uh, the the panel game shows. QI is a long running one because it's kind of like bizarre, wow facts. You know, common misconceptions. The game show. Right. The bubble is uh, a strange, strange wilderness. Like every single time I do research on a on a game show, all roads lead to something else. Uh, so the bubble is not. In, you did not start in the UK. Much no, like how the chair surprised. was not originally American, the bubble uh, was a format based in Israel uh, with the same premise of you got comedians locked in isolation. And for a week, and then they come out and they have to answer questions about the week's current events. Uh, so, unlike Have I Got News for You, where the uh, premise is supposed to be they know the news and they're telling jokes and politics jokes and, and like weird news anecdotes, the bubble is a flip of that. The contestants are not prepared to know what is in the new- week's news. And to make matters even worse for them, it's always the most insane bizarre news footage that gets used and played with for the week's news um hosted by david mitchell the bubble is a comedy quiz which plays on the fact that some news stories are so hard to believe you think they've been made up for a joke some of them have but some of them haven't (sighs) okay so according to this official press release three celebrity contestants are locked away in a media-free zone for four days the bubble when they are brought into the studio, they are shown a series of news reports and images from TV, newspapers, and celebrity gossip magazines. All they have to do is identify the true stories from the fakes. However, because they've been away and out of touch, just like when you've come back from holiday, they'll believe almost anything. David Mitchell comments from, from What I Lie to You, It's a damning indictment of the state of the world in our society that so many prominent and talented people are willing to isolate themselves from it, if only for a few days. But it's good news for the bubble. My only worry is, what if they refuse to come out? Um, sure. <laughs> well, not for nothing. You know, we're living in a very, um, right now in the timeline of this amazing planet and galaxy that we are in. Uh, let's just put it this way. There's a lot of times right now where I'd like to stop the world and get off and not come back for a while. Yeah, this was, okay, so to set the stage to the bubble aired between February 19th and March 26, 2010. So this is a decade-old show. So happy 10 years, The Bubble. You only lasted six episodes. <laughs> well, well, it was one full series for the UK. Uh, the Bubble was our Moza formats and was broadcast in Israel, Poland, Denmark, and Sweden. Uh, and the idea was is, is played in, basically they say t- three rounds, but the one we saw tonight was four rounds. Because we're so special, I guess. Um, <laughs> so the very first, so the the premise is you got three celebrities. They take just like a Big Brother episode or most reality television when they're in sequester. They don't have phones. They don't have TV. They don't have newspapers. They are cut off from the outside world. Now the premise on reality television is so that way they can interact and chat with each other and you know communicate and talk about the show. Well, on the bubble. They don't want that. They just simply put, want to make sure you do not know what the fuck is going on outside. <laughs> in other in other words, they might as well have just been in an underground shelter with no, with no connections at all. 
Yes. Now they got access to board games. They got access to video games. They get access. And you, know, you know what? I'm sorry. Not for nothing. But again, going back to the current events, and for those that are listening, like in about 40, 50 years from now, right now we're in the middle of COVID-19. To be perfectly honest, right now I would love to not have to look at the news for four days. I would love that. I would love to be able to just sit around and play board and video games all day, to be perfectly honest, you know, because right now in this particular part of the timeline, the world sucks. So this sounds like a nice vacation to me, to be honest with you. Just like, uh... <laughs> well, the problem is if you come back after four days, you set to play this weird quiz show. Add me. At, hey, just it would just top the list. What can I say? It would just top it. <laughs> But yeah, now they after four days of just basically eating lots of pizza and watching movies, uh, they okay, return to a know, studio. You're making, this sound, you're making this sound better and better. It is. You know, like, well, it's, it's, it, there's comedians. They, so they get to write jokes, talk. It's, it's not like... And they always play jokes like, oh, uh, oh, I think you all want to see what happened while they were in sequester, right? Well, here's what happened. And usually that always is like a setup for something that everyone expects to be like a big brother confrontation or someone making food and like screwing up. And instead, it really is just like the dullest <laughs> clip they can find. Crickets. It's crickets. And I'm, to, and I'm not talking to sport. It's uh, people just like sleeping on the couch. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, they could uh, they could play a nice hearty game of shithead. Yes, the, the classic card game we all know and love, Shithead. Then when they come back, the, the first round is my favorite round of the bubble. I will say it right now. My favorite round is the first round. It is basically news clips. They are shown three news clips. They're shown clip one, and then it looks like a news show. Like, studies have shown that ostrich eggs are, have been proven to not only be beneficial for your health, but might actually reduce... Uh, the risk of skin cancer research shows that this would be, and it would have clips and they would have an expert and it would talk it out and it'd be like, okay, what'd you think of that? And then it'd be like, here's clip two, bop, 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 bop. Donald Trump today uh, was, was actually in a lot of trouble, but not from who you expect. This time around, it is from the hot dog companies. Because of his recent onslaught against the meatpacking industry, one hot dog company refuses to open up shop now after half of its warehouse decided to not risk for COVID-19. But he wants to have a big 4th of July celebration with hot dogs galore. We love hot dogs. It's great. But it's okay because I'm just a big weenie. And then they would just be like, cut. And then it's like the third event. Like, uh, is there a new St. Patrick? Uh, a person named Patrick has now become the talk of the town of Idaho for getting out all of the snakes in this one city. A real-life St. Patrick, this snake charmer, managed to flee out over 100 snakes in the last seven days. And then it's like, wow, that's fascinating. So which of these three events is true? And they would lock in A, B, or C. They would, of course, crack jokes, maybe make fun of like what the people look like, the acting because they think it's fake. Uh, and what makes this even weirder, uh, is that, uh, this was the clip, this one first scene, this first thing I'm talking about was just news clips where one is real and two are faked that they originally wanted to have BBC news readers, uh, do the clips. Now, they, from what, now from what I read, they did, uh, they did, uh, involve themselves with the pilot, but not the actual series. 
They wanted one for the pilot, and then they pulled out because they did not want to lose their credibility. So they instead pulled Channel 4 and Sky News. Now, I just think that is kind of weird. Like, I don't think that would happen on any network. If if this was there was an Americanized version of the bubble, without well, a doubt, from, in, NBC well, would have jumped on that. Without a doubt. Well let's, it, well, let's put it this way. If this was in America, let's face it, it doesn't matter. Uh, some stations just don't have the credibility to begin with, so go for it. Oh, boy, the Fox and Friends are on the bubble. Oh, boy, uh, the Hoda Cotty Bauer of today is going to talk about this. And then it's going to be like, a, what, CBS Early Morning or, or what's that one uh, Sunday show with Mo Rocca? I'm sure Mo Rocca would do a fake news story. Like, these are people Probably. who are like, would be interested in just doing fake acting over a fake study just to kind of slightly annoy celebrities. Uh, yeah, get, get, uh, get Gail King to do it. Gail would do it? They all would. Yeah. Gail King would do that in a heartbeat. You know Gail would do that in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. Just perking up like, there's a new study out now. If you want to uh, reduce cardiovascular disease, all you have to do is eat two simple things, grapes and grapes. And just like do talk about to... fake grape studies. But well, do they have to be red grapes? Can they be white grapes? Are they Concord? Are they wine grapes? Yeah, and then they, they would just go into like, it has to be a wine grape. Studies have shown the antioxidants that are usually found in wine can actually just be done by the grapes themselves. So if you and can you find a nice wine them. grape, you have to them. Do you swallow them whole. To get to a doctor, yes, it's beneficial. Um, but you know, like that's the fun part of the show. And then everyone gets to lock in an answer, A, B, or C. Which means one can win, two can win, three can win. If you get it right, you get the classic uh, panel game show trope of one point. No penalty for wrong answer. Uh, round two, it's newspaper headlines. This is a very British thing because it almost all looks tabloid. It almost always looks like a tabloid heading. Oh, they always they always look tabloid, even the credible like tabloid. Uh, so and then once again, like here's, but it's, it's not like with news stories now. It's all just like Photoshop and a headline read. Which of these three events actually happened, A, B, or C? And then they can lock in an answer. Sometimes there's a third round with celebrity gossip, like so-and-so split up, so-and-so are getting married, so-and-so had a baby uh, with an A, B, or C. We conclude with the fourth and final round, or the third and final round, which is a speed round. And in this final round of the speed round, David Mitchell gets to be serious, kind of. Um... The lights dim in the fake set. We'll talk about that set in just a few seconds. Uh, (laughs) And all it is is he reads a headline, is this real or fake? Get it right. You buzz in. Correct. You get a point. Get it wrong. You lose a point. Uh, Whoever has the most points wins the episode. Now, I think that's just a classic nice format. Easy to understand. It's a quiz show. basically, Basically, the entire premise is can you determine the fat from the fancy? Yes, it's it's a nice deduction game, and I like those. I like nice, slight yeah. deduction games. Very cute, very fun. The fact it's comedians made it even more funny. Uh, I don't know how, why it got canceled. I, I'm gonna save that till like near the end. I think first we gotta. I mean, we can talk about David Mitchell also as host, but we gotta talk about that set. Can we talk about the fantastic bubble bookshelves? It looks like a friggin' law library. Law library. It looks like you walked into. It looks like you walked into like uh, Lionel Hutz's office. Just <laughs> books and 
archives everywhere. It's like they took Wikipedia and printed it out and put some nice leather binding on and just shoved it on the walls. Although, because it is Hollywood, it's mostly probably like just like fake paper, wallpaper, that three-dimensional. Oh, but still, it was. It looks realistic. It's very cool, and it's it. Yeah, it does look like a like if they filmed this in David Mitchell's study or something. Yeah, yeah, pretty. You know what it reminds me of a little bit? Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> we're, re- we're rebooting Masterpiece Theater, but instead of like the red uh, velvet sofa. It's like white and and plush and modern yeah. and sleek. Even for today, like twenty ten, like this was twenty tens. That still would hold up in twenty twenty. Those chairs. Oh, certainly it would. Uh, and it's the and it's just such a fun like set. And when it does the final round, the lights dim around it, and it actually gives like this low stakes to it that I kind of enjoy. Oh, it's kind of cool. relaxing in a way. It's just like peaceful. It's peaceful. It's it's a nice peaceful, real fake. Because uh, it reminds. It reminds you of a library. You gotta be quiet. It what? I said it reminds you of a library. You gotta be quiet. No, I want to be loud and tell jokes. What part do you think David Mitchell will be quiet? <laughs> so what? it's hosted by David Mitchell. Uh, we've already brought up bits of David Mitchell in earlier episodes, especially the "Would I Lie to You" episode. Uh, David Mitchell, famous uh, comedy legend of of a peep show, Mitchell and Webb look. Uh, husband of Victoria Corin of Only Connect fame. So mm-hmm. game shows run all over. <laughs> all roads lead to game shows. <laughs> and they're all pretty decent shows to, to top that. And uh, D- David's a fun guy. I love. He's a very funny person. And this was like, obviously, like I would say a great pick for, for a presenter. It's kind of weird <laughs> that like it was such a short run because this almost felt like perfect for him because it was this... Because he had that, because yes, he has like a newsreader voice, but at the same time, right. he has this quickly like, I don't, I can't tell you anything because I know the answer. I've, I've been out here. So all I can say is like, go with your gut, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, I don't know. Uh, and a lot of jokes about David Mitchell were in like all the episodes because he's trying to amp up like the show like they're in sequester there's no computers or television or internet well and- correction in the one episode she did say there was a television they're in the movies they're watching movies <laughs> there was a tv it just wasn't connected hard to believe that there was a time where there was a tv that was not connected to the internet it was watching movies not even netflix and, and the dvds funny thing is that- and the funny thing is that this was back in 2010. Nowadays, every TV. It'd be a smart TV, and it would. Yeah, and you got to think 2010s UK, which is also weird because right. this is the. So we got to think pre Brexit, pre May. Gordon Brown just kind of etched into the world of politics, and it just was this weirder time where it's like, oh, well, if the prime minister did something stupid, that seems kind of out of ordinary. Versus nowadays, if you if you were told like. Oh, uh, yeah, p- bad news. Um, Bor- Boris Johnson decided uh, he 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 went he went to Greg's and got himself like a pie and accidentally like choked on the pastry in a Greg's. Can I just say that doesn't matter if it's UK or US. Continue. <laughs> you would be like, yeah, American story. Uh, did you hear Donald Trump choked on a Big Mac hamburger today? What? <laughs> Uh, 
So, uh, here's Guess where it ended up. So, uh, both ITV News and Sky News assisted in filming the fake stories for a show, but despite BBC presenters having taken part in a clip for the pilot, BBC subsequently refused to allow its presenters to work with the show, allowing only archive material. We're sure the bubble and ABC was extremely funny, but BBC journalists will leave it to the comedians to do the comedy. Well, critics of the decision point out several of its presenters had taken part in our fictional shows before and described it as a sense of humor failure. BBC Boycott was featured as one of the news stories on the very first episode. <laughs> Which was an absolute riot, by the way. I remember showing that. That was the first thing I showed, and you were like, that's funny. This is great. Oh, yeah. I, I lost it. You showed me that because we, we watched this literally the day, the same night that we did our last podcast together. And I was I was pissing myself when I, when I was watching that. I couldn't get over it. According to Mitchell, speaking on the January 2011 uh, episode, he and BBC were keen to film a second season, or series, I guess we got a series. Uh, however, series. he chose to instead work on a rival uh, show, uh, which had a 15-week run on outside the BBC called 10 O'Clock Live. 10 O'Clock Live is not a game show. It was kind of like a uh, comedians do silly jokes about the news, uh, and it's very weird. So it had David Mitchell who we all know now as the host of The Bubble. Uh, it had Lauren Laverne, who was a DJ, and they kind of wanted her to be the token female. It had Jimmy Carr from <laughs> Big Fat Quiz of the Year, Distraction, uh, 8 out of 10 cats. And the fourth seat, because I've already named three people. I've named a, a, a pretty face DJ. I've named David Mitchell, and I named Jimmy ho, 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 Carr. The fourth one was Charlie Brooker on the show. As in Emmy-winning Black <laughs> Mirror creator Charlie Brooker of Screen Wipe and News Wipe and now Antiviral Wipe fame. Just don't look at who they had <laughs> in earlier episodes because, holy shit, there was a lot of alt-right people they love to talk to. <laughs> oh I am not kidding. I like p- p- the, big, the big unsavory names <laughs> were there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, congrats to David Mitchell. You could have continued this funny news show, but instead you decided, man, I really want to chat with Milo Yiannopoulos. Boy, I really want to chat with Katie Price. Yay me. <laughs> now you said, now you said this other show was a guaranteed 15 weeker. Yes. 16, 15 weeks. Did it go weeks. beyond that? What? Did it go beyond that? Uh, yeah, it, it actually did very well. It got itself, uh, thir- three seasons. So 2011, 2012, 2013. Uh, they had even an election special. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, so they were they were there for. It had some of your favorite celebrities here. Let me read off some of the famous folks of Ten O'clock Live that aren't just like I guess weirdos that you like Owen Jones. Uh, how about uh, oh, how about Morgan Spurlock? Are you serious, Morgan's boy, boy George? I'm not kidding. Like I'm trying to name like non like prime ministers because this is a political show. Like this Morgan is ten p.m. Morgan and Boy George. Yeah, they, they got Boy George on the show. Uh, they got a lot of journalists and a lot of MPs, a lot of prime ministers, former uh, former people of parliament, and just like this weird mix of. They even have Mehdi Hassan. Hooray! And I just got to think. Oh, that's right. Charlie Brooker was on this show. This this is a thing. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so it only lasted six episodes. 
the bubble in favor of another show that only lasted three years. And that kind of just got me thinking, like, was the reason of its cancellation because David Mitchell really didn't have the time slot to do this and instead focused on 10 o'clock live? Or because, like, they couldn't get another host to do this. They couldn't get, like, find someone else to present the show. They couldn't couldn't get Jimmy. They couldn't get Charlie Brooker. So it's like, uh, I don't know who you want to grab. I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah, like I like to me, it's like they didn't want to do another series of this because David Mitchell wanted to do ten o'clock live, but a lot of panel shows end up continuing without the the first presenter. Like, have I got news for you? Has rotating guests. Never mind the Buzzcocks had ongoing guests. Uh, heck, and like, even uh, and even so, even look at look at American. Uh, panel shows they also had different hosts over the years yeah like like i'm thinking bridge like sandy took over for stephen fry for instance like it's going to continue going so maybe they weren't confident in someone else hosting this or they were thinking well no funny things happen in may or june of 2013 that they decided uh to just scrap the show Uh, yeah they should have waited for 2020 to do another series so that's where we're leading into right now we are in the 2020s, and I should point this out here. The funniest thing about watching the first episode of The Bubble again, we saw Victoria Corin before marrying David Mitchell. <laughs> and I thought that was brilliant, and it was very cute. And it was clear, like, this was kind of like one of the very first, like, meeting places Victoria had with David Mitchell. So it was very funny. It kind of felt like, oh, they're, the guy's very smart, and Victoria's very smart. Fantastic. Uh, and then right. we just like move on to like the last rounds and it's like Tim Key and Josie Long and Katie Brand <laughs> and then you had like Sue Perkins was on there from Great British Bake Off uh, Clive Anderson was on there too right from uh, Whose Line Is it Anyway yes oh man like Clive Anderson the everyone's favorite host of Whose Line sorry Drew Heads out there he's just a better host for Price is Right he was right I can't wait to get the uh, hate mail for saying Drew's a better host on prices. And in the last episode, Robert Webb was on the episode to have like a reunion of Mitchell and Webb, uh, which got me thinking because of how bizarre the world is today, uh, how interesting uh, things have gone and how crazy the world is. Is this really a show worth rebooting? Now, this doesn't have to be just the UK. This could also be the US. You can try your hand at an American version of this. Well, well, well I'm going to say a very strong and passionate yes. For one reason, and one reason alone, 99% of the news that you see today is about COVID-19. There's so much news going on out there that the act, you could probably put three civilians on there and they would have no clue because COVID has taken over the news. There is so much news going on out there that the average person does not know simply because of coronavirus taking over. So to be perfectly honest, I think right now would be a great time to bring it back. So you want the weird news stories to return? Yeah. And to be totally honest, I mean, we they could even do it with, with traditional news because nobody knows what's going on because everyone's focused on COVID. Like, I couldn't tell you the last time I watched any news program that did not involve COVID. It's been at least two months, three months. Uh, Like... Uh, Oregon police is reminding residents don't call 911 if you run out of toilet paper. 
that happened. That I could tell you. I can tell you that happened in my area. So yes, that's true. The new Ontario license plates are unlegible, according new- to Canadian provinces. They're new. Uh, designs, uh, which were unveiled by a province led by center right Ontario primer Doug Ford last year. Probably, the problem is, uh, people are comparing the design to a box of Q-tips. Why is that sounding familiar? These are all real news is... stories that I am looking at through the NPR oh, okay. strange news section. <laughs> okay, I because I do re- I do actually recall hearing that. Uh, here we go. Um, Carnival cruises collide and attempt to dock off Mexico. Wait, what? That was in January. Uh, oh, let me just go see what's on Reddit. If I just did, like, Reddit weird news, I'm sure there'll be something. But you got to well, think, like, the current cr- event weird news. Here we go. Offbeat. Funny, weird, sad news. Uh, up, 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 three hours ago. Uh, Boom Shakalaka is not response to bar complaint a court rules. This was 16 Wait. hours ago. We were recording this May 15th. Uh, a Massachusetts lawyer. This is from Bloomberg Lau. Or Bloomberg Law. Uh, Massachusetts lawyer whose response to a state bar misconduct investigation was silence. Boom shakalaka. Was rightfully suspended for falling to cooperate with the probe, the state's high court said. Oh, for God's sake. Woman falls into thermal feature after illegally entering Yellowstone National Park. According to the New York Post, men are less likely to wear face masks during coronavirus because they are quote-unquote not cool and quote-unquote a sign of weakness. I believe that. All right. This is that. the, uh, this is another, uh, this is the final news story. This feels realistic enough. May 13th, 2020. Hormel Foods, the people behind Spam Lunch Meat, announces the first ever Hormel Film Festival. Hormel Foods has launched a five day virtual film festival this week to present six powerful and hope filled short films starting May 11th through May 15th. Each film profiles uncommon heroes ranging from ages 12 to 101 who show us that it's possible to thrive against incredible odds. A release from the company says. Okay, so wait a minute. So we're going so Hormel is going to basically have a film festival dedicated to highly salted and high sodium treats such as spam and complete. Yes. And what is the, what is the main thing going to be? The fact that you didn't die from all that sodium. Which, incidentally, by the way, I love spam. By the way, so it's not like I'm knocking it. Uh, here are some more. Here are some other stories. Uh, <laughs> I just thought feel, of something. Now, is that I, a true oh story or is this the true story? God bless our heroes. Written on a receipt where the tip would be. Wait, say that again. God bless our heroes was written where tip would be on a receipt. That's true. That was an onion listening. The correct answer was Hormel Foods Food Festival. Are you wait wait? You, are you serious? Yes. Hormel was really doing it. Here are the five movies. Just to, I feel like this is padding for the episode, but I don't care. Like this is such a funny news story. Uh, all right. Uh, so first one, we're, we'll we'll give it tonight. Autism friendly Austin with bonus film Jackson the superhero. Two stories about two inspiring individuals who have sworn, who have shown their communities that autism is not an obstacle. Samuel Ert knows personally that even small towns can be difficult to navigate for someone with autism. As a tour guide at the Spam Museum, Samuel is part of a larger project to make Austin, Minnesota an autism-friendly community. Plus, get to know Jackson, a young man from Louisville, Kentucky, with a special superpower and a mom who is his biggest fan and advocate. Uh, Cooperation beyond words. Abdulli Milan came to America after losing his hearing during the Civil War in Somalia. 
At Genie O Turkey Store in Fairabout, Minnesota, he found opportunity and community, and he paved the way for others like him to follow. Discover an amazing team that is as unique as their ability to communicate and create a culture of togetherness. That's the feel-good story of the decade. Episode three. Have you noticed like the trend I'm about to read here? It's like something that has to do with like a Hormel product. There's well, something duh, about grace. Obviously. Working to make the world in their her home country a better place, as a child, Grace Umetsi narrowly escaped the racial genocide that swept over the con- country of Rwanda. This is a story of serendipity and hope, of a journey that brought Grace across the world to find a mentor in Justin Gold, the founder of Justin's. Now at the end of her internship at Justin's, Grace is determined to pursue her dream of bringing the entrepreneurial knowledge she acquired at Justin's back to her home country. Chuck Baker's Table of Honor, skydiving at 100 years old, flying dangerous missions during World War II, meet a down-to-earth group of American veterans who gather every week at a small restaurant in Northern California. Representing all five branches of the military, these veterans like to joke that the main thing they have in common is spam. But their shared experience of personal sacrifice and a sense of honor suggests a deeper bond. (laughs) Why am I, I hearing I, this like just like this sithering rage on your end right now? Okay, so let me let me put it this way: uh, if you had a choice between watching a film about everyone having spam in common or playing Pepsi Man, which would you pick? Uh, don't tell Pepsi Man. That's a catchy ass theme song. Pepsi Man. Pepsi. Well, you Pepsi, see, that's what Hormel needs. They need something catchy. They need something catchy. The fifth grader who fed Putnam County, West Virginia, is the fifth and final movie. At only 11 years old when the film was made, Elise Simocat decided she wasn't going to be a passive witness to the poverty in her West Virginia community. She created the oh, Box to Belly Challenge. And with support from donations from Kroger and Hormel Foods, helped hundreds of her classmates and beyond. I'm just one person. I can't change the world, says Elise. But I'm not the only one doing this. Together we can do anything. The sky's the limit. Why doesn't just Hormel just like, I don't know, just donate money to make sure that the food banks are... Or lower their prices. Have you bought a can of Spam lately? I mean, like, they're growing now in Rave. Or, you know, like, find ways to feed children of America. You know, just like, I think that's a big problem. I know that she's trying to fix it. I mean, none of these stories make me go like, oh, fuck these, these like, subject mentors. Like, I think that's like... So it's, it, but it's just like, it feels like, oh, by the way, Hormel, it's <laughs> all of these stories. Also, if you really want it, like, speaking of Pepsi, man, uh, we're going to now do a quick uh, plug. Uh, we are not sponsored, but snacks.com. Chris, have you heard of snacks.com? I can't say that I have, Jordan. Well, snacks.com is your go-to place for all things snacks, as long as they're under the Frito-Lay umbrella. If you order $15 or more of Frito-Lay chips, you will get free shipping. So rather, it's their iconic smart food popcorn, grandma's cookies, or Doritos Lays and Cheetos. Any munch is a good munch when you try snacks.com. Be sure to enter your zip code to verify what lo- what chips and snacks are in your area today. Can I remind you that I had two teeth pulled last week? And I can't chew these yet, and I'm hungry. <laughs> There's Cheetos popcorn. That's like light puffy, right? That might work. Yeah, but I'll have the kernel stuck in my tooth. 
in well lack thereof i guess the socket so did you have to get like one of those I, like so did you put a filling or are they doing like uh nothing right now i got this big crater in my tooth i look i look like a, i don't know i don't know i look like a jack o lantern so they're so are you like like waiting t- that's an interesting question so are they going so probably an implant or something in where the dentist uh, uh event eventually i'm going to tell you i'm uh it took a while for me to get this tooth out for um weird reasons uh I see. I just am shocked because COVID nineteen, the dentist would be open. I was shocked too, to be honest with you. I I actually had to call a couple to find one that was open. But it sounds like also an emergency too. It uh, was. Although I will say this: ever since it's one of those things where I think I think my mom, God rest her soul, I think she's laughing at me right now because my mom and I used to always say, you know, back in the day when they used to have the commercials for like Polygrip and stuff, how. Why was it that suddenly apples and corn on the cob were your favorite foods once you had dentures? Well, here I am with a tooth missing, and all I want is Fritos. Well, when it's recovered, and I'm sure... Snacks.com. I'm, snacks.com will be your place. The, the prices, by the way, I'm going to tell you right now, actually pretty on par with like what you would buy at the supermarket. So, to me... Well, not for nothing. Right now, that's perfect, because I can't even get half the shit at the supermarket right now. Well, that's kind of where I was like, this is actually a smart idea because it's like some of like, to me, I was like, I really am having a craving for this. And then, but it's like, right. I'm not going to go to the market because A, I'm not, to me, I don't trust, uh, not, not I don't trust the supermarket. I don't trust the people who are at the supermarket, if that makes sense. Well, you know what? I had to go to the store like two, no, about three weeks ago. And I swear to Lord, by the time I was done shopping, People had to be staring at me because after every aisle I went to get something, it was out, and I just started screaming under my mask. Like, after every aisle, I was getting loud and louder, going, why the fuck did I come here? Exactly. Because nothing I needed was there. I And then I got to the point where I got to the frozen vegetables. All I wanted to make was stir-fry. This was before I had my tooth pulled. All I wanted was stir-fry, and I'm looking over, and I'm like, damn it, they have every possible bag of stir-fry, but everybody had to have the one with the snappy. Can't find one fucking bag of it. People were actually starting to turn and stare because I was getting louder. Every aisle I went down, I got louder and louder. I was like, why the fuck? Like, See, that's to me, so it's like I got Instacart, and I, I will say I, I, t- I try to tip very well. I try to tip like $20. Absolutely. I tip 20 Especially now, because, you know, if you're able to, if you're, listen, I'm telling you right now, if anyone out there, if, you know, because with COVID going on, tip your delivery guys well, tip your, uh, not serves, but, you know, like the delivery uh, drivers, your delivery drivers, tip them well, because right now they're suffering. If you're able to tip a little bit more than you normally would, just do it. And I, because they're putting their lives on the line right now. And I was, and I was like, I was using this stuff before COVID hit. So, so it's uh-huh. like it's so bad to me because I can even tell like some of these delivery drivers are now feeling it too because I remember like February March where it's just like this is my first second time using it I'm like oh man this is like an emergency I hate to bother you can you get this this and this and they're like yeah right. sure I mean this is my job this is like no problem to me here's your lunchables here's your bread here's your milk and now it's like right. I know that same person stopped by like last week and it is the I'm sorry, they don't have it. I'm so sorry, they don't have. And well, you know what? They're probably so. They're probably saying that so many times. They're probably getting depressed about it. It's a shame. Well, it's also like I told them like my the backstory with my family, and it's like, oh no. So they're like they know who I am now too. Like there's that weird 
bond, which is like the Instacart delivery bond. I know it's weird to say, where it's like, this person was my delivery driver once. They're familiar with this house. They know, oh, this is the house with the family that wants this. And it's like, I think there's okay. also that moment where it's like, oh, no, I can't. Because sometimes they just like, I just want to help. And it's like, oh, no. Right. And I think that's that's true for most Instacart delivery. I'm sure it's most Grubhub people because it for them it's like, eh, you know, I have a few hours to spend, drive away, drop off, I'll be fine. Right. And now it's suddenly become like, oh no, I'm an essential person, and oh, now it's actually dangerous to go to the supermarket. Okay. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so uh, to me, like I'm with you on the coronavirus. Snacks.com could help you out. <laughs> If you need a snack, uh, I'm thinking this is just like a, a, a slow rollout because it's free to lay, it's chips. So I'm guessing this uh-huh. is like, because you got to think like summer. You got to think like summer, everyone eats snacks and chips, picnics, beaches, do, 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 do. Anyway, I guess we should be talking about the bubble, right? Uh, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so Our bubbles are bursting. I mean, our bubbles are bursting too. Hate to burst your bubble, snowflakes. Hate to uh, ruin your safe spaces, but uh, fake news is all fake news. No, I don't know. Um, so we, when it comes to like a bubble reboot, obviously I'm one who advocate like, no, now I think now more than ever because of the whole, this is fake news, this isn't real right. world that we live in, it's due for a comeback, due for a reboot. Uh, I, I And I'm trying to figure out like, okay, well, who will be the people to do like the new version of the bubble uh and you know i i wrote i wrote the names down um richard osman that's it richard osman host the reboot bubble he's the big tall guy with the glasses uh from from pointless right uh so i figure big tall guy very presentable uh also uh we gotta think americanized version now let's think america because this is our world. I think this is due for an American version. Uh, the current show is half hour long, so obviously make it 44 minutes. All right. that means is uh, add two more video packages, uh, do an online ma- round. Maybe do like, which of these was a tweet from a celebrity? I don't know. Are you kidding? This is 2020. They would just make it more uh, commercial time. Are you kidding me? You know how it would be. Yeah, that would do, do that. That kind of like one of these things happened. Uh, although I do like, although I do like the idea that the uh, I can see it now. Like, which one of these did the president tweet? Yeah, like what did the president tweet? I was gonna Google if like because recently, because we're still in May, even though this episode's gonna be coming out in June. Uh, Meltdown May. You've heard of Meltdown May, right? The concept of it. Oh yeah, yeah. Meltdown May is like the weird month of the year where, for some reason, a celebrity always has a meltdown on social media, and it's public, and most of the time it's Elon Musk. <laughs> so, hey. Three years running, still having a meltdown. Yeah, yeah for real. Uh, so I always think, like, celebrity meltdowns on social media would be funny. Oh, man, I can't believe uh, d- d- this week, uh, was it Chrissy Teigen deleted her Twitter account? What? Wait, who deleted their Twitter? No, uh, I was going to say Chrissy Teigen. But, like, imagine, uh, like, because of this week's news, trying to decipher Grimes and Elon Musk's baby's name. Oh, mm. People would think that would be fake news, for instance. <laughs> Absolutely. And that would be the kind of things that would be in a rebooted version of the bubble. And that's where I'm thinking, like, no, we are due for a bubble reboot. 
And it, not just a bubble reboot, it's one of the rare things I can say. I think you can actually bring this to America. The only thing that I have to say is I don't want it to be like to tell the truth. Where you get the celebrities and then like, oh, uh, you you got the, the lowest score, so you are the big loser of this show. Or some like tweet a lie or fake news thing. I think it should actually be played with money. Like, but very low stakes. Uh-huh. Like they're all played for charity, and it's a thousand dollars per correct answer. That's it, <laughs> and it's still played for last because only until you lock in an answer, you can tell mm-hmm. jokes and do silly bits. Well, you know what? It could either be done for charity, or maybe it could be done tattletale style. Have the money go to the audience. Oh, like uh, Derwin the Schleiss, or who knew the German game show that I keep playing on social on uh, yeah. Twitch, right? You, I remember, was it you or someone else that was like, what is this weird thing you're playing? <laughs> no, I was the one that asked how the hell did you translate it so fast? I got, I had a Google uh, Lens. Google Lens has uh, translate just immediately. They can translate German to English. And, and on that show, not- it's exactly like Tattletales. If you win the show, your side splits the money. So you've, actually, that would work too, Tattletales style with the bubble. Yeah, because uh, then you'll have three different segments, and then like if your celebrity wins, you split the three thousand, four thousand, five thousand dollars in this like little small group of like thirty to forty people. It works. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then you got to think American host, and you know, like, hey, you can bring back John Stewart for this. I'm sure John would probably once a week instead of like, or you get like a John Oliver, or you get um. Craig Kilborn. I guess Craig Kilborn would do it, maybe. I was at no, it's funny, I was actually gonna say Craig. Not Craig Craig Ferguson too would probably do it too, but I think Craig like Kilborn yeah, has that weird Kilborn, yeah. and then you still have because American news is different from UK news that obviously if you'd said, Hey George Stephanopoulos and Good Morning America, can you run like a fake news team? Of course they would do it because it would feel like a fake plug for Good Morning America. Well, you know, well, what I think what would probably be best, uh, whichever network were to air it, have like have an agreement that they would be the ones to do it to make you know to make it more. Because it was ABC, I mean ABC News, CBS, I mean CBS News, NBC News, right. and if it's NBC News, then you actually have the benefit of doing CNBC and MSNBC. So you could actually right. trick and get like Rachel Maddow to read something or Chris Hayes. Right. I've- I think NBC could do it. Or if not on NBC, since we are living in a digital and streaming world, didn't NBC just launch Peacock? Yeah, Peacock would definitely be the platform. It would pro- it would probably work well on Peacock. A CISO original, the bubble. Right. Uh, otherwise, obviously the Fox, because of the Fox News, but uh, <laughs> I don't think Fox News would really be like the most up and up network not because i don't like it we i don't i don't think anything related to fox or cnn would be appropriate cnn would be if i if i would if i know better i would almost bet money i would i would almost bet money nbc would be the one the network that or cbs it'll be one of those two and they would kindly ask anderson cooper or someone on cnn to do a fake news story so that way it's not like hinted at it's this and they will be right. pulling a BBC like, no, we will let the NBC comedians do the jokes. <laughs> right. 
Well, the problem the problem with doing it with CNN or Fox is that because instantly half the audience would already have their mind set up. Unless you get like what was Andrew? I was almost an Andrew Cuomo. Is that Cuomo, is that the Cuomo, the, the the governor's brother on CNN? Yeah. He would yeah. do that. Yeah. He would do this in a second. <laughs> I would totally watch. But then if again, I don't up, think I would he totally. would want to be uh, doing the fake news. I think if you told him, "Hey, would you like to be a contestant?" He would do it. Oh, I think he would. Uh, this is the finally, finally, we can reboot Shepard Smith's career after Fox News with the bubble reboot. We can finally get Katie Couric another career. I feel bad for Katie. Because well, all these, like, pe- Meredith Vieira. I just realized Meredith Vieira would be a perfect host, too, for this. She would be good. I think she would be good. And I, I always like Meredith. Because she has that way of communicating and being, like, silly as well that it could vaguely work. Right, um, right. But I'm obviously thinking if it's married, it would be probably daytime. And I think for something like The Bubble, it feels like that Sunday 7 p.m. show, like leading into the big primetime shows. Right. So if this was like NBC, this is 7 p.m. leading into uh, the Saturday Night Live special or leading into America's Got Talent. Uh, If this was CBS, this would be leading into 60 Minutes. Boy, that sounds... Bad. <laughs> that wouldn't work but but consider this though cbs is trying uh panel game shows right now with game on so yes they it, are so in my frame so in a frame of mind too even though this is pre-recorded if game on is a success the bubble can easily be the sister show to that because one's sports based yeah. one's all based on the week's news all right i can see that uh and otherwise it's going to be on peacock you don't think Andy Sidarkis is going to agree to show up on this show? Well, well, of course. You don't think uh, what's his face from from SNL, uh, Pete Davidson? Oh, yeah. Not a. Uh, uh, they would do this. They would, and you know it'd be fine. It'd be a fine show because it's like, oh man, they're in sequester, and it's questions about like, oh. Uh, did you know Bernie Sanders got arrested for smoking weed in Texas? It's like, what? <laughs> Bernie? <laughs> Is he from Vermont? Field yes, but it was Texas. He was uh, campaigning for a Congress person. Uh, they were big advocates of smoking weed. They had a little bong thing, and the lending led to another. <laughs> I miss Bernie. Already. You know, I hate to say it, I think he would have won. He would have. He I think Bernie wouldn't have won, uh, but I I think this is the show. What was your idea? It's your vision is Peacock for this. Yeah, yeah. Only because it's where it. Unfortunately, it's where TV is headed. Where, uh, you know, streaming is just a big deal. If not an exclusive on Peacock, I could see it airing on either Peacock or NBC, and then becoming then airing on the other one after. Well, put this into perspective too. Because I didn't throw this into the wrench. Netflix. They want to try that weekly show. They've done that like multiple times. Uh, Michelle Wolf had a show. Joel McHill had a show. So they, they are no stranger doing a weekly format show. And Netflix wants to do stand-up comedy. And obviously anyone would be willing to do video for Netflix because they don't have their own news stuff. Right. That's also uh, so. Before we get going, because we love this show, it's such a fun show. Sorry, there's no grand prize on, on on this version. I guess our version, the celebrity, would split the money with the pot, 
or the money goes to charity mm-hmm. or maybe both like hey your money goes to a charity and the same amount gets split amongst the audience we'll do both air everyone's right. happy right yeah three thousand dollars to uh aspca three thousand dollars for this one section of paid uh actors all right we have time for one final question, Chris. We don't really do lightning rounds, and sometimes we do final questions. And you know the final questions are always tricky. Yeah. So, Chris, here's your final question. What news headline can you expect to see or hear when this episode airs, which is in four weeks? So one month from now, what headlines are you expecting to see or hear in one month time? Now, are these uh, fact or fiction? I mean, your hypothetical fact, but we know it's really going to be fiction because it's right now present. But what do you think is going to happen? Like, for instance, I'll give a fake answer here. A man gets arrested for breaking into Disneyland and is caught writing, I'm a, it's a small world. I could see that happening, though. Um, okay, so you want me to come up with... Yeah, things like one. that. Like, some of those would be good examples. Here's, here's another... Um, uh, 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 because of COVID-19 and the meat shortage... Uh, there has been a high-speed chase on the 101 freeway in L.A. with someone stealing an In-N-Out burger truck. Can I just say I've never had In-N-Out You would There's... love In-N-Out burger. Are they, any, are they anything like Shake Shack? I don't even know if you have them. Okay, that is basically the, the trifecta as Hamburger Haas, which is on another podcast. Uh, there's right. the, three, the three burgers I can think of. It's In-N-Out Burger, which is like West Coast, Shake Shack, which is more East Coast, New York, and then Five Guys, which I would say is more Midwestern. Uh, uh, we have a Five are, Guys. We got Five Guys. And then like, and then you can go to different things like Cookout, for instance, or uh, you you can probably even there's there's a new there's a new burger place owned by Dave Thomas's grandkid coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> I am not kidding. Dave Thomas, the founder of Wendy's, has a grandkid. Yeah. And uh, he's now creating his own burger shop. I believe it's called. Uh, let me look this up because I want because I want to. It's there. We go. Wait, it is, is called wait, Fresh Stack. Wait, is this true? This is true. I am not kidding. Dave Thomas's grandson is running a so burger Dave shop. Dave Thomas's grandson is going to compete against yes. Wendy. This described by founder Sean Thomas, grandson of Dave Thomas, Mookie Lee, who owns Pokeball Company in the Whole Foods Market, and Patrick Warden of Hospitality Law, a polished fast casual spot menu developed by Sean Mookie under the guidance of Fabio Viviani uh, of the Vavio, Fabio Viviani Hospitality Group, who's a celebrity food personality and a former contestant on Top Chef. Oh, nothing good can come of this. Uh, the first uh, concept is open on 20413 North Rain Road in Kilder Village Square. Weird. And there's the crunch. Neat. All right. Um, something. And then, the, hey, there's even vegan burger stacks. So there you go. Something for the vegans. I know people out there <laughs> always get bothered. And I always like to say there's always meatless patties. They're pretty good, too. Um, back to the what can you see in one month time? Uh, here, here, here's another I can think of real quick. Uh, WeWork goes at, go uh, loses a lot of money. Who? WeWork. You know those like virtual <clears throat> offices that you hear about sometimes, where yes. it's like, oh, rent the yes. office. Yes. Like those places are going to file for for Chapter Eleven or try and get like <laughs> government severance. Uh, and without a doubt, I will call it 
there's going to be toilet paper as a prize on a mainstream game show. I could see that happening, believe it or not. Just like, I know there's going to be like a gag, like, ha ha, toilet paper, hard right. to find. But it's going to be like, and it's not going to be like an internet bit. It's going to be like, oh, like we're doing a special fleet of let's make a deal shows and the prize is toilet right. paper. And the contestant would be thrilled as shit. Get that shit. <laughs> it's number two in daytime. All right. Uh, All right. Chris, well, do, you, well, do you have any other ideas of what would happen in one month's time? Yes, I do. And it's awful, but I think it could possibly, this could be a fake story, but I think due to the of available meat products due to COVID-19, the uh, Food and Drug Administration has temporarily permitted the use of horse meat for human consumption in the U.S. However, public does not need to be notified. Ooh, that sounds that sounds believable. Doesn't it, though? Me, I say nay. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's believable. Yeah, that's... Uh, what? It's a horse, a cow, or what? What's the difference? You're just speaking utter nonsense right now. And you know what? I just want to just say right now, uh, we have a no- new sponsor here. Uh, Peakness Steaks. Do you want to taste the delicious steaks that come from everyone's favorite horse track? Well, now get ready because the meat is available directly through your door. Tell us more, Jordan. At the Preakness Steaks, a high-quality horse meat available uh, for delivery, served with dry ice to make sure it's fresh upon arrival. And podcast listeners can get $100 off $100. By using promo code $100 at checkout. Go to $100.com. Go to $100 at spell with the dollar sign. <laughs> dot net. Uh, you can. Uh, what, 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 what real things would you like to promote, Chris? <laughs> well, why am I picturing the chowder man right now? Chowder man. <laughs> why am I picturing that right now? So you want Hot Dad to sing a song about steaks. <laughs> Oh my god! I Granny Greens, hot butter ice cream, <laughs> hot butter, put real hot. Hypnospace Outlaw, need, a good video game. That that game needs to come out on physical fast. It's a very fun game. I love it. I love that the developers are really sweet people too. I, I, I've been chatting with them from, from on and off. I'm not saying hey they're gonna be on a future episode, but I mean they're very nice. Well, if you talk to them again, can you tell them to release it on physical? I'm sure they're gonna try, but I don't know which like I, like PS4 maybe or or Switch. I think I could even do PC. I don't even care. I just because you know I'm stuck in the I'm stuck in the past. I need physical. You want a physical copy of Hypnospace Outlaw? I'll see yes, if I can I make that happen. Because otherwise, I, I'm gonna try and figure out like, hey, can you just give me like a .exe file and just burn it and then. <laughs> So, um, uh, m- music, game music. Uh, well, unfortunately, because of COVID, all my all my radio shows are quiet, which kind of sucks. There's a potential that they might come back. In- all right. Remotely. So, so then, uh, Twitter. Uh, actually, you know what? I would like to promote then. Uh, if I am going to promote Retro Game Network. Uh, the main website's kind of dormant right now, just because I haven't had the time or the energy, but. Instagram, basically a daily staple right now. Uh, since the beginning of March on Instagram at Retro Game Network, 
Uh, basically, what I've been doing is every month I've been dedicating each month special video game. And May, I've been collection one each day. Uh, for March, I did A to Z and won the final doing uh, 1980 to 2009. Uh, back in last month, April, I did was a whole month of retro video game advertising. And who knows what uh, June bring? I don't know what I'm going to do for June. I'm thinking about doing a month of a month all about Again, Neo Geo. What's that? All decade of Neo Geo. Windjammers, uh, Neo uh, Turf Masters, Samurai Shotgun. Uh, I don't have Neo Geo. A bust a move. I don't have a Neo Geo, though, damn it. All right, so we're going to raise like money first to get you a physical copy of Hidden Space Outlaw, and then second, take you one of those four and one Neo Geos. Yes, in that order, please, because I really want to. <laughs> Hey, the best thing comes to goes to wait. I've been waiting for a game for PSVR. It was a launch title from what? 2016. Finally getting a, a disc release. I'm getting it next month. And, and maybe you'll pick up a copy of Chex Quest along the way, too. Well, that was released on physical. It is now. It's going to be now released on physical again through Limited Run Games. Yep. That's going to do it here. Thank you for surviving the bubble. I uh, hope you guys enjoy uh, more game show nonsense along the way, too. Chris, thanks again for stopping by. And thanks again for having me, dude. It's always a great time. Thanks again to Chris for stopping by. Uh, go check out Retro Game Network at RetroGameNetwork.com or Twitter.com slash RetroGameNet. Man, I really love him. The Space Outlaw. That was taken almost like a month ago to the T. So that's kind of weird. We were somewhat right with some news and not so much of others. Uh, so uh, going into uh, some of the other stuff that happened. Uh, since then, uh, they announced the Micro Game Gear coming soon to celebrate the anniversary. And I thought, wow, the Game Gear. I remember that. Are we going to get nostalgic for uh, Sonic Triple Trouble all of a sudden? That That's fascinating stuff. Um, also, uh, I've been playing a lot of the uh, club, Clubhouse games lately. Uh, that's kind of become my new obsession. Just because there's a lot of little mini games in there. And they're really well like created. So it's like one is just like a weird version of Mahjong. One is uh, Last Card, which is not, don't say Uno. It's not Uno. Uh, there is a, a really good version of a table, like a little table uh, baseball. That I've been having a lot of fun with that. Uh, but also I should point this out. This is not really a plug uh, that Chris wanted. Uh, even though, hey, Hidden Space Outlaw, it's a pretty good game. Uh, there is a bundle now in Itch.io uh, for racial justice inequality. I'm sure Chris would love me to uh, link it. And talk about it. Uh, if you buy, it's it's five bucks, and it goes uh, towards a goal of five million. Uh, it is good for the next five days or so. Uh, the bundle is a huge success, and there's a whole lot of games in there. We have over one thousand uh, project. All the proceeds for this bundle goes to the NWACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund, and uh, the Community Bail Fund, which is split fifty fifty. Uh, none of these are Steam credits. These are strictly Itch.io, but there's a lot of games in there, uh, from Art School to uh, there, There's Night in the Woods. 
I'm going to go into some of the ones I've, I remember like Celeste was in there, uh, night of the consumers, which is really silly. Uh, there's actually a, a game, uh, two read only memories, uh, which is like one of my favorite games from a few years ago. Democratic socialism simulator, uh, quadrilateral cowboy, uh, dangerous duels. Uh, let, let's see here. I, I'm sure there's a few games I, I have never even heard of collateral damages in this. Oh man. Man, I already own some of these games. I, you know what? For five bucks, you get a lot of games, and you're supporting a good cause. That's a win-win in my book. Uh, so please check out itch.io slash b slash 520 slash bundle hyphen four bundle. Uh, that little hyphen thing. Racial hyphen justice hyphen and hyphen equality. It's also, I believe, on the front page of itch.io as we speak. So uh, please... Check it out. Donate as little or as much as you like. I I think that's that's the most important thing. Oh geez, there's like <clears throat> my throat's getting very sore right now. Anyway, it's time for the 110 part series exploring every pricing game from the Price Is Right. This is the pricing game spotlight. <laughs> Push over, you'll get caught up in the. Uh... Oh wait, that's crossfire, not pu- put. It's pushover. A uh, pushover. Premiere date March third, nineteen ninety nine. One zero four three K. Finale date Bob Barker June twelfth two thousand seven four zero three two K. Premiere date with Drew Carey October nineteenth two thousand seven. Aired on November twentieth two thousand seven. Doesn't matter. Pushover is a game where the contestant is shown a row of nine numbered blocks, which are comprised of the price of the prize, which is in order and other decoy blocks at the beginning and end of the prize. The last four digits, or five, if it's a five-digit prize, are marked by a colored window. The contestant must push the blocks until the correct price is showing in the window. If they are correct, they win the prize. Any blocks that are pushed beyond the window fall into a box permanently out of play and cannot be recovered. During the game's first playing, and a few others, did that Bob Barker joke that the blocks cannot be retrieved because I go to China. <laughs> you know, China jokes. And even went so far as to look down inside the box, and he said he saw people eating chow mein. It was a different time back in March 1999. All right. Um, when the game first premiered, it received its first win. On its first three playings, the box was red on March 3rd, March 26th, and March 31st. It then becomes yellow in its fourth playing on April 19th, 1999. While the window was shaded in blue on April Fool's Day special, it was as a joke, it was yellow. The hands were also missing from the logo. On May 3rd, 2016, the set got a new color scheme. The hands were removed, the squares were rearranged, and an additional curved triangle was installed behind the logo. Because it was taped out of order, did not permanently become permanent. On June 10th, the new color scheme became permanent. There was a publisher's clearinghouse winner on January 8th. Uh, the first price shown in the line has never been the correct price. So here, there's your f- trivia fact. You know the first four digits you see? That's not the correct answer. Pushover debuted on the final show with the puffy turntable walls. That's what they're calling it, the puffy walls? <laughs> okay, I mean, I like Jigglypuff, so I'll, I'll go along with it. On one episode, the price flap fell open as Bob was describing the game to contestant, forcing him to reward her the prize. The very first number block can be any number but a zero. 
The most number of times this game was played in any season was 38. There are nine blocks, at least for a four-digit price. So there are six possible prizes when playing for a four-digit price. However, it's very unlikely the number like 0, 1, 2, or even 3 will be the first digit. There are usually two or three of those possible prices that seem likely to be in the right one. The following blocks are audible because Pushover has a microphone inside its box. There's your fun fact. There's a mic in the box. So you hear a kapoom. Uh, Pushover is one of the seven pricing games from season 36. On Bruce's price is right, the game is played the same except the blocks fell down to Australia. Oh, I want to see what like uh, racial racial stereotypes of Bruce would do. Oh, you don't, you're, the blocks will go to Australia. Now they're all going to eat shrimp on the Barbie, right? In the 2006 Joe Pasquale version is played for a three-digit prize because it's cheaper. Uh, and the game had a pirate theme and the blocks were eaten by a giant fish. Um... I like this game. I think Pushover is one of those classic prices right games that people forget is a, a classic game because you're basically playing with blocks. And I like the idea of a not going back point in a game. Like with a lot of games like uh, like uh, That's Too Much, there is no going back once you say go on. With this, there is no going back once you knock down that five block or that four block. And sometimes... That's that one push that was a little too many and you you lost. Or you went all the way and if you just made that one careful stop, you would have won. But sometimes you got nervous and you said, I'm good with like the 6,000 area. And it was like, oh no, it was 8,000. If you were one block away, 6, 4, 8. It, just like that. It, I like this game. It's just of what, what you play with the numbers, the blocks. And it's easy to like show and display it's kind of tough to explain on an audio podcast but just imagine like numbered blocks and then they just have to slide it from uh left to right and you hear thud 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 thud. and it's that tension that comes with it because once it's gone it's gone and you hear audiences say stop stop go on and it's just that's the prices right chaos and that creates the tension is that stop and go point in this game that lasts maybe about two three minutes stops and that's what i like and then plus it's played for like a car sometimes sometimes play for a trip sometimes it played for a bunch of stuff i like it and next time on the pricing game spotlight we're gonna see let them roll so uh this is the second segment usually I would have a segment here. A lot of stuff that I recorded tonight has kind of already been recorded earlier in the day. Uh, it is 11 p.m. right now. I'm slightly tired. Uh, but I feel like we're running low on time, too, looking at the, the timestamps on everything. that It's kind of like, oh, this is a like waste of time section. Uh, originally, this was going to be the time when I talk about Jedi Temple Challenge and do the review of that, but that's premiering uh, tomorrow. Ahmed Best uh, made the delay, but Black Lives Matter, we talked about that in the news segment. Maybe you should go back and not skip ahead on the podcast. Uh, that just, 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 just hang in there. It, it, I know it's a long show, but, you know, take a little baby steps, that's all. Uh, that I just wanted to say uh, that, you know, game shows are, it's summer, summer is always game shows, it's always the busiest time for me here at game shows, I suppose. Uh, and this is like a little catch-up moment here uh 
we talked about briefly in last week's show and the week before because there were so many game shows like oh my god big fib and game on and next week we're doing don't i'm sure there's going to be a don't review next week um the this is kind of be like a weird busy time uh i've already reviewed a lot of the uh the new shows game on is just uh tag is okay uh craftopia is still the best thing i've seen so far uh, this summer still recommend it uh but now i'm going to talk about like things i've already I, i've been watching like uh finally they put out alan carr's uh epic game show last week they did uh player cards right also known as card sharks uh it fine their final round was weird because it was basically like a money tree system with a pyramid and uh you get three strikes and three changes there was a lot of like unnecessary additions to it this time around they did the prices right they got the really cool plinko board uh but like they they once again like messed with the format it's like well they get four contestants but only three get to spin the wheel and whoever wins goes to the showcase why not i i understand like time constraints and, and trying to figure out where to go but why not just like i mean like when they originally did the new version the prices right they had five games and five spins of the wheel and that was like two years ago alan carr's prices right that something really changed for epic game show and it didn't really feel epic it just felt flat if that made sense like a lot of cool props but the more I'm watching this, the more uh, I could see why they were hesitant to air it. Because as a game show fan, it kind of sucks. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, kind of, kind of sucks ass. Um, but so, it, so I watched uh, the first two episodes, and I'm it, it's kind of dreading it. But the next three episodes are all British favorites. Uh, Take your pick, which is this fun like let's make a deal kind of game where you answer trivia questions. There's a yes no game. Uh, do you want the money or the box? Very fun. Uh, Bullseye, which is one of my favorite British game shows, is all darts-based and, and quiz-based. There's darts, there's smarts, there's knowers, there's throwers, there's bullies, prize board, eh, well, a, lot, a lot of fun. I don't want them to screw that up. It's something tells me it's going to happen, and I'm going to be so pissed. Uh, and finally, Strike It Lucky, which is the one I'm looking forward to the most because that's one of those British game shows where it's like, can it work without Michael Barrymore? I love the format, but I like Michael Barrymore as the host. I don't know if Alan Carr's the right thing. Are they going to mess that up too? It's just a lot of the things that made the shows work don't really work <laughs> in this version. Uh, they've been replaying Supermarket Sweep. They've been replaying Old Deal or No Deal now on Channel 4. Uh, over here in the States, you know, Quiz uh, made its debut. Uh, the dramatic story about Charles Ingram. The guy who stole a million pounds on deal on a who wants to be a millionaire. Uh, it's three part miniseries. It's been fun. I I got the series on Amazon, so I didn't have to like wait till AMC. Uh, it's I've already seen it. I already know it's good. Episode one was basically origins of millionaire. Episode two he st he plays out the millionaire game. Episode three is basically the defense of Charles Ingram. Uh, so it might be fun. Give it a watch if you like game shows, if you want to see something really silly. Uh, I know a lot of Americans never really heard the story of Charles Ingram. I really recommend you give it a, a watch then because it's very kooky and very silly and very fun. 
uh, I've been I watched Beat the Star recently, and we talked about Schlogged and Rob a lot here. Uh, so since Rob retired, Beat the Star has kind of become their uh, every so often special, and they brought it back uh, this week, and it was a lot of fun. They had billiards, they had rolling products, they had a dune buggy race, like, like lots of fun little clever challenges that I enjoy, and that's why I think I like it so much. <laughs> Uh, they had like an inflatable soccer challenge. I mean, that's just what makes the show work. It's just like the level of sports that they have in there and the level of games. I just, that, to me, that's fun. I watched Game On again and just went, oh, I watched Holy Moly. And I think the problem is I just don't like the Frankenput hole. I think that's just like a hole that doesn't, it's, it's much like the don't drink challenge on don't. Uh, which they keep plugging like Franken putt. Oh, if you miss the putt, you get shocked. Like that's not funny. That's just torture. That's not. That's like. Eh. I get it. Like they wanted something different, but no, they could have done something a little better than that. Uh, the don't drink challenge on don't is they eat spicy foods and they're under a heat lamp and they have to take a like a walk on a treadmill. And they're like given a glass of water or lemonade or coolants, and it's like, oh, if you want the glass of milk, you could drink it, but you'll lose the money. And the ha ha ha, like that's the the show. And it's like, I mean, like that's the same as like hot ones. You don't want. There's no aspiration in there. And I I still remind people that's what makes shows suck is if you can't see yourself as a contestant on the game show. They're not going to work out. And a lot of the summer shows, which are obviously filler, uh, somehow miss, miss that. Like Ultimate Tag, you if you were like athletic enough, like you're good at running, you could see yourself as, as one of the contestants. With something like the Titan Games, the same thing. If you're great at strength and agility and physical endurance, yeah, you can probably do the Titan Games. But you, you don't see yourself in Game On. You don't see yourself that... I mean, holy moly, maybe. But some holes, yes. Some holes, no. I don't think you see yourself like willing to get caught on fire into a, a dragon challenge. Like That's just dumb. Um, but you see yourself going through the wipeout hole number two or going through the hot dogs. I mean, that sounds like holy moly. Um, it just It just feels weird. If that makes sense, it just some of it does not feel like uh, they figured out what their shows are, and they just put it on for the sake of we already have recorded. Fuck it, it's new. Put it up. Well, other shows which I will now say okay work like Celebrity Family Feud still works because it's still Family Feud. Uh, match Game, not my cup of tea. I still dislike Match Game. But it's still the show. It's still. It's just they're trying so much to do gimmicks now, like all doctors or stunt casting, or let's do video clues or special guests. It's just. It just doesn't. It just isn't the show. If if that makes sense, that's not match game. Now now that becomes that. Uh, what the blank show? If that makes sense, and and you don't want to. And look, in memory of Fred Willard, you don't want to do that crappy show. <laughs> Stop trying to emulate it. I've been tuning out of match game. I haven't been when press your luck ends. I don't watch any more game shows. I'm done because press your luck right now is the great is the greatest network game show right now. Besides family feud uh, celebrities, because it's press your luck. It's that risk reward system. It's the funny whammies. They're very funny. 
It's these dream prizes. So when we get to that second half of the show, we get to know the contestant a little more personally. That when we see a, like a luxury prize, we know it means a lot to them. So when we see them win it, it's like, oh, holy cow, that's great, that's great. She'll probably walk away. Um, the, a lot of network game shows just kind of just still see it as pointless filler. The Bachelor right now is doing their best of seasons. And, like, I don't care much about The Bachelor, so a lot of this is just new to me. But it feels at least like a breath of fresh air compared to what I've been seeing recently where it's kind of like a let's support The Bachelor. And that's what got me thinking, like, Big Brother could have done that. Survivor could have done that. You could have easily just try and just do the best of moments on Big Brother or The Survivor and call it a day. Because it works right now with The Bachelor. Like, it's like, oh, I didn't really care much for this contestant or who this person is. Don't know, don't care. But I could see why this is a fun, funny segment because the guy wipes out. That's funny. Ha ha. He fell on his face. Um, It's like what the networks aren't figuring this out. Or is it just like they're trying their best with what they have with limited things? Because currently in the world of game shows, everything is still COVID friendly productions, which is videos at home with celebrities doing things. Celebrities are just like us. They didn't even watch that celebrity haircut thing. Like that—that that to me sounded like the dumbest idea I've ever heard in the world of television. Like, it, honestly, that was like the worst. I could understand a haircutting like show. Like, oh, let's let's get celebrities, a uh, stylist or a makeover show. This was like, what if we just said, "Hey, cut your own hair or cut your 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 spouse's hair"? Would that be? Fu- like, like, no, celebrity uh, Grubhub orders sounds better than that. Uh, fucking celebrity watch party is just that show. Celebrities, they're just like us. And it got me thinking that I think a lot of these new shows coming up with celebrities doing stuff in their homes is just like, I know it's padding filler television because there's nothing else on TV right now because, hey, every scripted show is gone, every... Uh, show that's involving a studio is gone but it there's no traction there is there's nothing exciting going on that this is like this is what we're going to show on and to me it's like if if i have to watch between this and then like youtubers doing what they're usually doing right now which is like let's plays i will pick the let's plays because at least i know what i'm getting this while it's new it's like a crappier version of what i'm seeing right now because if I wanted to see someone give themselves haircuts, there's YouTubers that can do that for me. If I wanted to see celebrities watch stuff, I'm right here. I'm a non-celebrity watching shit. Do you like to watch game shows? I will help you watch game shows. I will watch game shows with you. Wow. Big fan of Joey Fatone. Love his announcing. Uh, that just, uh, I don't, ah, it's frustrating stuff. So at the end of the second segment, all I can say is that COVID is opening up and people are getting back to work in studios. And I can only imagine that this is going to be a crash and burn soon because either no one's going to take this seriously or people are going to neglect it and people are going to get sick. Because that's the only thing I can see. Because what would happen 
if like Ellen goes back, like what's Ellen without the audience? Like that's the problem. A lot of these shows are audience involved. Like Ellen's show is the audience. Uh, Ellen's Game of Games is an audience. Prices writes the audience. Let's make a deal's the audience. Lots of shows involving audience. What are you gonna do? You can't like like WWE Raw should be your indication or AEW Dynamite. There's not that big of an audience on those shows, and it's kind of a weird show to watch these days. That it's like I don't know if if game shows work without an audience. I know they work in the UK. I know if you're if I was smart, if I wanted to work in in a game show and rebuild. You would either have to do something that's quarantine friendly, like I said a month ago, like a password, or you have to do something like Family Feud at home. Don't know if it's COVID friendly. I know they're bringing it back in the UK. Or you got to do an in-studio show that could be safe. And I don't know a lot of people are willing to do quarantining uh, right now to be on a game show or host a show. Like, like that's... This is just this sounds like a, a weird uh, time in the world of TV, and it feels like a lot of people are frustrated right now because they didn't see like how bad this could be in the world of television. So, uh, in the in you know in these troubled times, like the commercials say, in these tr- in these dying times, in these undying times, in these troubled times, in these times of unrest, and in, in these tr- like you know in these times, um, I think the best case scenario if i was you uh basically be a pretend you're if you are over the age of like 50 or so i know some people are old and they listen to this you gotta think like a millennial you gotta think like a millennial or uh, or a gen z you gotta think younger you gotta try and figure out how to work streaming media youtubes amazons netflixes uh and just shuffle around binge watch binge watch is your best friend in this Game shows, yeah, they're fun. Recommend maybe binge-watching the game shows instead of just, like, making an appointment television with them. Uh, And for anyone that's my age or younger, do what you're doing, because I am almost as sure you're on social media right now, and then you're listening to this podcast probably as you're drifting off to sleep or while you are, like, web-browsing right now because you're not at work. Or you are at work, and this is, like, a time-waster because... You have to look at a, a, like a Zoom chat room or something, a Slack chat or something. Uh, that This is just a time waster for you. Uh, that for you guys, all you got to do is just do what you're normally doing. Just uh, podcast, listen to podcasts, Twitch streams, YouTubes. Uh, I recommend what will be really fun is uh, try and get some, a sleep schedule because I have been up till like 3 a.m. some nights or 4 a.m. and it's not pleasant. So uh, make sure you have like a slight schedule. Uh, make sure you know your time because I, I watched The Great Escape and then I didn't know it was like 2 a.m. So uh, maybe do like tabs, like three, four tabs or just focus on one or two streamers. And then when they're done, you're done or just blackout watching them. You know, whatever. Go blackout watching a Twitch streamer. Uh, that's my recommendations. Game shows are fun, but remember, they're not the end of the world. Uh, they're not the end all be all. I remind you every week now, game shows aren't important. Game shows are just an entertainment uh, platform, much like professional wrestling, soap operas, cartoons, you name it. That if they are gone right now and for the time being, you still have a whole archive in the the past to look at. 
So just just keep looking in the past. And who knows? Maybe, just maybe, uh, if you look hard enough, you might find the next rebootable format. Or, or you might be finding that new classic that you forgot about and never even got around to seeing. Maybe maybe it's time you, you watch Supermarket Sweep. Maybe it's time for you to watch Legends of the Hidden Temple. Well, you know, you know, all these people talk about Double Dare. I never got around Double Dare. Well, go watch Double Dare. See what, see what it is. Go watch To Tell the Truth. Go watch, uh, go, go watch The Amazing Race. There's a lot of shows out there for you to explore. This is the time to do it. If you need some nonfiction recommendations, I'll be there for you. Send me a message at Jordha. I'll, I'll, I'll see what, what I can find for you that you might enjoy. Rather, it's a cooking show. A cl- like, almost everything has been a game show format this time. Well, I'm there for the supporters, and yes, they, they should protest. I still recommend you stay the fuck home because I do not want this to spread any further, and I don't want to get sick, and I don't want you guys to get sick because that would suck. And that's our show for the week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, feel free to check out more episodes over at jordanhaas.com slash podcast. I am on Twitter at jordha, J-O-R-D-H-A. You can listen to more episodes also on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher. You know where we are. Be sure to go to facebook.com slash gameshowspodcast uh, to like it. And, hey, chat with other people. We are on Discord and Patreon as well. Uh, if you want to have more conversations, uh, feel free to suggest game shows you want me to talk about. And I will see you next week when we'll be talking about another great game show, I suppose. And until then, big smooch. Mwah!